Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Bethany Dotson. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. This interview is part of a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out. Bethany Dotson is a trauma-informed yoga therapist and relationship coach with over a decade of experience helping professional, high-achieving women heal anxiety, PTSD, find their power, and skyrocket their confidence after divorce or toxic relationships, communicate better, navigate conflict, and most importantly, co-create healthy relationships. She is a domestic violence and childhood trauma survivor, which helps women triumph over trauma, break the cycle of emotionally unavailable men, and attract the love they deeply desire. Bethany, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you today. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. It's my honor to share and and, uh, be here with you today. I do have a signature question that I ask all my guests because it's just a great way to open up the conversation. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, For me, exploring the seasons of life, uh, there's really no different. I mean, you know, there's my business and then there's me personally, but I think those two overlap tremendously. And so exploring the seasons of life to me means being fully present, even when things are falling apart and not running away from uh, turbulence or emotional pain or, yeah, not being, you know, I want to say not being too attached to life needing to be a certain way in order for you to be okay. Being fully present with what life is bringing you. Does that answer your question? Absolutely, Bethany. I love that. Just about being present. And I love when you said it's not running away. Because a lot of times when we're we're faced with different things going on in our lives, the tendency for a lot of people can be to turn away and run away. Yeah. And now I know that you're a relationship coach and a trauma-sensitive yoga therapist. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your journey to to how that came about to be your life's work. Yeah. So it came about in short because I was running away from my own trauma. Um, I grew up in a domestic violence uh, household and didn't realize the impact that had on me until I got into college and I was having a lot of panic attacks and depression, using drugs, uh, not on the great, not on the greatest path. I had, I was really type A, double majoring on the dean's list. And then I had this other part of myself that was, if any drug was in front of me, I would snort it, smoke it, sleeping around with a lot of people. Like I was just, I had this like split personality. And so I tried yoga. Uh, because a counselor in at, at university, you know, was suggesting I get on medication, 
And I tried yoga and uh, it changed my life. One class changed my life. And uh, later moved to Los Angeles several years later, became a teacher. And I always knew that I wanted to do something more with it because so many people misperceive yoga because of the marketing in the Western culture here as you know, being flexible and being skinny and looking good in your, your yoga pants. And, and it, it, you know, it does have a, a benefit for your body, but it's like the tip of the iceberg. And so I knew I wanted to do something deeper with it. So, and help people with more of the psychological and emotional alignment and balancing aspects. And so I became a yoga therapist and then I, I received extra certification for trauma. So working pe- working with people who had, uh, who had trauma and my focus, um, you know, I, 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 my focus is complex trauma. So people who've endured relationship pain relationship is the area. One of the areas in our life that can be the most flourishing and the most amazing. And unfortunately, I think it's over 80% of trauma that people suffer is in the context of a relationship where they're supposed to feel safe. That's why I know that very well. (laughs) And so I wanted to help people, you know, and the tendency, and this was my tendency as well, was to shut down and to run away from pain and to push people away and to subconsciously seek unavailable people because that's what felt safe. And then, you know, the more we live from that response, that trauma response, the more pain we endure. And it becomes this vicious cycle where we get into our 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond and, you know, we're living life shut down. And so my, my, that's how I arrived at my life's work. If that answers your question. Yeah. Cause you know, I had not heard of a yoga therapist. And when I first saw, saw that in your bio, I was actually thinking in terms of yoga, the classes yoga itself versus a therapist and kind of using yoga as a tool. Yeah. So I'm not a licensed clinician in the in the sense of being a cognitive behavioral therapist, but I do uh, incorporate, there's dialogue with my clients, but it's more of a somatic experience, noticing what's going on in the body, what they're noticing in the present moment, um, complex trauma, or any kind of trauma response tends to have people overly focused on what's going on outside of themselves. And so it can be very easy to ignore um, the signals that your body's giving you or feel them and then override them because we're running away from pain. And so by, yeah. Yeah, Bethany, because um, a lot of times I can be all up in my head. Everything's on an intellectual, an intellectual place, an intellectual space. And it takes a, it takes a lot for me to get down in my body. And I know that that's what's important and moving those emotions around. Yeah. 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 Can you talk about how your work with your clients, how you help them be healthy, love ready after divorce or a narcissistic relationship? Yeah. So a a few of a few primary ways. So the first way is just becoming emotionally present with themselves. And when someone's stuffed who they are or cut off parts of who they are. And we do this ironically to make a relationship feel safe. We see a red flag. We notice aspects of the other person that trigger us. 
We don't want to feel those things. So we avoid the pain and then we kind of stuff our needs and desires and wants, hoping that that will be enough to make the relationship work out because we're afraid of loneliness. We're afraid of starting over. Um, so the first way is by truly being emotionally present. And a lot of people, um, I would say the vast majority it, struggle with that. And I've struggled with that. I still struggle with that. Um, because we live in such a, you know, busy, overwhelmed, tech heavy society. And, you know, when people have been in an unhealthy or emotionally unavailable or emotionally abusive relationship, um, they have a lot of pain in there that usually goes way beyond that relationship or that marriage. And so emotionally, becoming emotionally present with their feelings is the first step. And a lot of times it gets worse before it gets better. Um, people feel like I'm crying for no reason now. Why is this happening? Or, you know, I, I was at the grocery store and I, I suddenly felt anxious all of a sudden. I'm not sure what's going on. And so it can feel a little worse. It can feel a little bit more intense. And that's just the body's way of releasing, letting some steam off the pressure cooker, right? Releasing that repressed emotion. So that's the first way. And then the second primary way is by helping my clients identify their beliefs that they've taken on about themselves. And these are often subconscious. I can hear their beliefs in their language. And so shifting their subconscious beliefs to and conditioning those so that those are the more true beliefs than I'm unworthy. Something's wrong with me. I'm unlovable. I don't matter. I'm never going to meet the right guy. Like, so there's toxic relationships really fuel those negative beliefs, those negative subconscious beliefs. And those self-limiting beliefs, they start in our childhood. You know, there's, oh, yeah. I read a, um, a quote that I like, and it's limiting beliefs are thoughts and opinions that we believe to be the absolute truth. And it's things that we pick up from our parents and our caregivers in our, in our childhood. Yes. Yes. It sets the stage for sure. Now, do you have a, a, a definition of self-limiting beliefs that, that you like better than that? I like that one. I don't know that I have a, a, a specific definition, um, but I feel, I, you know, I feel you can recognize if you have self-limiting beliefs, if you are, and this is something that I see a lot and something I did personally, if you feel like you are trying everything to fix a pattern and it keeps coming up or it keeps happening or you keep finding yourself in the same relationship scenario again and again, you have negative limiting beliefs below the surface. And because we're such a go, 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 we're in my head all the time society. And when you have trauma, you're definitely in your head because you're focused on, I don't want to feel pain anymore. So I got to manipulate myself so I can avoid that. Um, when we're so in our head, we don't, we, we're not relaxed enough to access those beliefs and then begin to shift them. Yeah. So I just want to give an example, you know, for our listeners and it could be, I'm just going to use this as an example. Nothing I say is worth being listened to. 
And that behavior may result in just not ever speaking up. So that's what we're talking about, right? Exactly, exactly. And then they all get into scenarios where they prove that you unconsciously, if you have that limiting subconscious belief, you will unconsciously seek scenarios and people that will allow you to play that out again and again. So you get external reinforcement of that belief and it becomes a really vicious loop that people remain stuck in for a large chunk of their life. If they're not, if they don't become fully aware of it and do something to, to take, to change it. Yeah. We need to have a whole, a whole podcast episode on self-limiting beliefs. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what role does self-awareness play? Now you talked a little bit about being aware, but what role does self-awareness play in relationships? It's everything. It is everything, everything, everything. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to someone recently about, and we, it was around relationships and everything, but that, and I was saying that same thing, how being self-aware, whether it's in a romantic relationship or even a friendship, you know, how important that is to be aware of who we are in that in that relationship. Right. And I think that can be really, there's a quote that I love by Pema Chodron and it says, other people will always show you where you're stuck. They say or do something and you react by getting all worked up. You speed up, you shut down all the things that, and it's, if, if it weren't for other people triggering you, you would remain ignorant to your own painful pattern and you wouldn't have the awareness to transform it into the path of uh, awakening. So I do believe that self-awareness is, is so key and it's, it's even more important. It's not easy to do when you're in relationship and you're feeling triggered or the other person isn't behaving the way that you want them to Um right? Our tendency is to look out there. If they would only change, if they would just fix this one thing, then the relationship would be perfect and it would work out. And really it's, uh, it's about getting curious with what part of me is this triggering? What, what part of me is this wants this to be, um, wants this to be different. So I think the more self-aware you are and the more online you can remain, in a triggering moment and not react, knee-jerk reaction or blame or victim identity or any of any of those things, I think um, the better your relationships become naturally. I had not heard that particular quote, but boy, I love that one. That's a good <laughs> one. Great. That's a good one. <laughs> and you know, when, when you're talking about triggering and just being in that moment of not having that knee-jerk reaction, that's really hard. But that right there, when you can do that, that's when we're, we're growing. That's when we know that we've got that emotional ma- maturity, so to speak, going on. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that a lot of people who've experienced complex trauma in relationship, um, tend to avoid, right? They take on an avoidant attachment style. They avoid relationship altogether because they don't want to experience pain. And I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but I do feel you cannot grow 
all by yourself. You need someone. (laughs) The next level of your growth is relationship, you know, and and we're human beings. We need relationship. Whether we we can say, you know, I'm done. I'll never date again. Men are terrible. Um, But at the end of the day, we're wired. You were born. You were. You came into this world wired for human connection. Yeah. Yeah. And those. And I was just going to say, we need those other people to be that mirror for us. Yes. 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 So I want to talk about a toxic ex and how that can be the greatest gift of our life. And, you know, a lot of people may hear us talk about that right now and go, wait a minute, what? But yes, that can be the greatest gift of our learning opportunity for growing to that next level. Right, right. So I'll I'll first speak to people who might be going, oh, absolutely not. He was the worst thing that happened to me because I do, you know, I do, I do, um, I do speak and speak to people that are in that space and, you know, blame and victimhood are normal parts of your recovery journey, right? The only, the only question you need to ask yourself is how long am I willing to stay there? Um, but a really toxic ex can be the greatest wake up call of your life because again, it's a mirror to your own unhealed wounding that you have not truly addressed. It's your inner knowing. You might be working your tail off. You might be super, super busy. These are actually trauma responses, by the way, um, in order to avoid feeling your feelings and it's, there's nothing like an intimate relationship where, you know, you're vulnerable that shows up, you know, that, that really throws all of your unhealed stuff into your face. So it's really just the, the greatest mirror. And, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, my ex ruined my life, I will never trust again because of him. You know, I encourage you to ask yourself, what is the gift in this? How can I, how can I evolve? And I'll, you know, from personal experience, my relationships, um, my, my last ex was the worst of them all. This is also a common pattern I see with women, you know, they have maybe early in life, you know, unavailable relationships, not getting their needs met. They get into a long-term relationship. It's abusive. They exit that. They think they're okay. They go to some talk therapy. They take some time off. And then the next person they date is an even worse, more intense more tightly wound version than all of the ones that came before. And it's just a, it's just a mirror to go, Hey, I really need to heal the parts within me. And it's usually some subconscious beliefs, right? Some limiting negative self self self-talk and beliefs. Um, But yeah, if it weren't for my, if it weren't for my ex, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing now, you know? So And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Bethany. I was just going to say, can you talk about maybe one or two things or tips that someone could do to find that gift? Yeah. So I think, um, so I'll, to, I'll give you two things. So I think the first thing, if you know that you have 
a lifelong pattern of not getting your needs met in an intimate relationship, I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is invest in professional help. Um, a lot of people believe that, you know, I need to go talk to somebody. I need to go to counseling. Um, and I did that for 10 years and it's helpful. You feel validated. But what we know now in research, when you have complex trauma, talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't work um, long term. You don't take the work with you. Right. You're not integrating it into your life. So working with someone who is trauma informed, if you know you have childhood trauma and if you know you have in your re relationship history, narcissistic abuse, emotional abuse, working with someone who's trauma informed is crucial. Um, and working in a mind-body way, somatic work is, is crucial because when we have trauma, we tend to live in our head a lot and override the instincts in our body. And we say, I can't trust anybody. And what, what, what really is happening is you can't, you're not trusting yourself. And then you're attracting people that you can't trust because deep down inside, you're not trusting yourself. So it's always a mirror. Um, so working with someone who's trauma-informed. The second you know, thing that I might suggest and again, this isn't a substitute for seeking professional help and really taking uh, taking that investment in yourself. Is you know, this is an assignment that I that I uh, give my clients is list out, write fifty reasons why your ex was a gift, right? So, list out fifty reasons what you learned from your ex, fifty reasons that your ex was a wake up call, fifty reasons that your ex was a gift. And that will start to shift out of the blame and victim mentality. Yeah, I like that writing out um, why your ex was a gift, because you may start off writing something very simple, like, I don't know, maybe he brought me coffee in the morning. But then as you keep going through that writing exercise, I can see how that each time you write a sentence, you can come up with something deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. You know, he showed he, the gift is maybe self-reliance. Yeah. Or that I need to I need to honor my boundaries or I need to love myself more. So that's an especially helpful exercise when people are really, really emotionally stuck and unable to see or they, they have a, a sense of refusing to see what the great the the opportunity is in the scenario challenging that belief system with the complete opposite and coming up with 50 references of why you appreciate the experience with your ex or why your ex was a gift and you can do this really with anybody maybe your dad was abusive you can do that with your dad or you know a co-worker um and it will shift your energy it will shift your energy because the more you're holding on to uh, blame and why me, you know, the longer you remain stuck and the less chances you have of, of actually co-creating a healthy relationship. Those are some great tips, Bethany. Thank you. And how do we stop repeating that history with men? You know, whether that history is being attracted to emotionally unavailable men or being attracted to married men or being attracted to men who are going to abuse us emotionally or, or verbally? Yeah, I think the first step is, is awareness, right? Awareness precedes change. An alcoholic doesn't change until he admits that he has a problem. So admitting that that's your pattern is the first thing. Having some self-awareness that you're doing that and then, like I mentioned before, 
um, investing in help. People can read books. They can watch YouTube videos. They can listen to a podcast like this. But when you've had yourself for 40 or 50 or 60 years, taking that with you into relationship scenarios, which are highly triggering, which are going to turn on all of your old programming, most people fail when they try to apply it in their life, right? And it's because we have this programming, subconscious programming, our body's programmed to respond in a certain way when we're in relationship. And you can have the greatest intentions. I'm not going to sleep with this guy on the first date, or I'm, I know he's married, but it, but you can still feel this intense attraction. And that's just your conditioned programming. So working with someone who can help you deprogram that programming and then help you apply it in your life, whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist, a trauma-informed therapist, a trauma-informed coach, um, I think is the best is the best way. Admitting, yes, I have a problem. I am the reason. I'm the common denominator. Not easy to do. I am the problem here. Okay, what do I need to do? And and learning uh, learning a way to learning how to shift your subconscious beliefs and then most importantly, taking that with you in your life. Most, I, myself, we all need someone to see our blind spots and help us get to the next level. So I do, I do firmly believe in, in working with someone who can help you do that. Thank you for going, going through those, those tips. And what are some of the shifts a woman needs to make in her thinking for her to see herself worthy of a healthy relationship. I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if it's thinking because thinking is, you know, we're very logical. I do think the shifts need to happen on a subconscious level first. And then we begin to see evidence. Um, one thing I'll say is that, a lot of people will be in a depleted energetic or emotional state. They've had a string of unhealthy relationships. They don't feel um, worthy. That's anchored and reinforced that subconscious belief that they took on early in life. I'm not worthy. And then they'll go out and, and try to get a new job, make more money, buy a new home, buy another car, date someone else looking to, for happiness outside of themselves. And so I think, you know, beyond working with someone to shift what's happening below the surface, um, learning to feel the feelings of what it would be like to be in a healthy relationship. So many people can't connect to those feelings without getting on a dating app or doing, you know, buying something. They, they need the external thing to give them a dopamine rush. You don't need external things. You can generate those feelings on your own. So identifying the feelings that you would feel when you have a healthy partner that could be supportive, safe, and then how can you feel those feelings by yourself in everyday life? Oh, Bethany, this is so good. And, and this is one of the reasons that I, I just knew you'd be perfect for this series, Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out, because I really do believe the way we feel about ourselves on the inside, that's going to determine what we create for ourselves 
on the outside. Yeah. You know, so I, I just love everything that you're saying. And I, to the listeners, I'm having a new roof put on. And if you can hear anything in the background, that's what that is, (laughs) is the new roof. But I'm I'm staying present. Yeah, <laughs> the show must go on. <laughs> so, what would you tell your 18 year old self about the season of life you're in right now? I would I would tell her um, because my 18 year old self it was a pretty painful period in my life. Um, it gets better, and everything that you're experiencing is serving you. It's for you. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you, for your evolvement, right? We uh, bodybuilders go to the gym and they get under a lot of pressure and they lift heavy weight so that they can develop a physique. And we have the same. We have to go through pressure situations so that we can meet some resistance so that it helps us grow, right? So I would tell myself, Everything is happening for you. Yeah, it's giving you depth. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Bethany, can you tell the listeners how to connect with you, how to work with you, your social media? Yeah, so you can connect with me um, on my website, bethanydotson.com. I have a free masterclass training, Break the Cycle, which I talk about the five specific shifts of breaking a lifelong pattern of unavailable men or even narcissistic men, emotionally abusive men. Um, You can uh, find me on Facebook. I have a a free community, Attract Conscious Love. That's a free Facebook group that you're welcome to join. Um, My business page, Bethany Dotson, also on Facebook. Facebook is kind of the place I'm hanging out the most right now. I I am on Instagram and I'm not posting there as much as I'd like to be. I'm limiting my social media exposure at the current moment. So um, my website or on Facebook, come and find me on Facebook. All right, Bethany, and I will have that in the show notes. And thank you. I really appreciate you being a guest today. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.